nature of your thoughts, gentlemen, when you say you move your lips in a particular way? You're not seeing how haphazard this audit is. The devil is in the detail. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a cover-up. There will be plenty of time for questions. And we always get you the answers. And that would be from a guy named Tom Korski, managing editor of Black Lock Supporter. And Tom, you're trying to get answers from the CRA. I love that. Wasn't expecting that, but thanks. Uh, we can always try. They they don't like those calling shows. <laughs> no, but they listen. They do listen. Albeit, I got a bone oh, to pick. They're they're, uh, they're cagey on this. You know, they don't like this whole subject. That's why that's why they uh, had the reaction they did. Yeah, very cagey. I'm sure they did. Yeah, but she but but the person that you spoke to said, well, like they, you know, it wouldn't happen because you needed social insurance numbers. And, and that's not right. You can read it in Karen Hogan's audit. Uh, for the Q's program, that, you didn't need a social insurance number. That one uh, had 15 billion of suspicious activities. So, oh, you know how you could have cheated CERB without a, a social insurance number? Uh, what you do is you go to a FedEx uh, office, open a post office box, and then when you uh, apply online, your social insurance number is five 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 five. That's how you did it. There was zero checks up front. This, uh, yeah, no. For them to say no, no, this was the Fort Knox of security. Come on, come on. Tips by Tom. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay tuned. This story is not yet uh, told. And then, of course, uh, Brenda Lucky. Oh, and, and the timing's magnificent, Tom, because it's right before the Justice Rouleau report comes down, which uh, any time now. Not a surprise uh, that the commissioner was going to uh, leave. The real question was what took so long. Truly <laughs> exactly. disastrous, uh, just a disastrous tenure. And we know that because of... What their internal polling showed, the only polls we ever look at, because it's the only polls they look at. And the RCMP internal polling showed the uh, popular opinion of the Mounties just dived Mm -hmm. for the pandemic. Truly, epically bad. It was just terrible. Yeah, well, maybe they should focus on policing and not all the other crap that they have been doing. Politics, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Yeah. that's a good point. Can we talk about Julie Payette again? Yes, yeah, she was an expensive one. Not, not only was she mean, but she was expensive. $3 million in VIP travel um, before the pandemic lockdowns. I mean, she was traveling every month. She was 103000 in travel every month. That's crazy. While she was giving speeches, and this is the rich irony, and you have to have a sense of humor, I guess, or you're going to yeah. want to grab a pitchfork and a torch here was the governor general in the day giving speeches about self-sacrifice, call to duty, and poverty. She would give speeches about poverty that would make Jesus weep. They were just that beautiful. While she was dining on filet mignon, having the catering charges, and taking a lot of jet rides to Paris, where she would then talk about climate change. At no point did those two thoughts ever collide in that governor, governor general's head. Our takeaway is when people say, you know, it's Mary Simon, what's with the spendthrift? Why do you spend like a fool? It's not the individual. The problem is the institution. It's what you see is exactly what you get. The contempt that those people have for taxpayers' money is is breathtaking. It really is. Nonetheless, uh, she'll have expenses for life and just uh, continue. It's a very nice gig if, if one can get it, and it's a very generous gig. It's an awesome gig. Let me, let me find the numbers here. Even after you get out of town in a hurry, you remain entitled to lifetime pension, $143,000 a year. 
mm. and an office budget of $206,000 a year. So that let's do a rough tally, Alex. That comes in at a third of a million a year until you die. That's what Canada... Canada's been good to Julie Payette. Can we just put that on the table? Canada, this country's been great to Julie Payette. I swear to God, my office budget's about 43 cents. I think I was able to get some thumbtacks. Yeah, it, 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 is, it is crazy. I want to talk about um, the ethics issue in, um, in the Liberal Party, because there is a major... <laughs> none of them are ethical. Uh, but we lost yet another... We didn't lose anybody, because they won't get held to account. But Greg Fergus, it becomes the ninth Liberal MP to have his knuckles wrapped for unethical conduct. And of course, he tried to um, write a letter. Well, he didn't try. He did write a letter pushing to get a, a Montreal station or a Quebec station a license. So he breached his ethics. And uh, it's gotten so bad that the, you know, Mario, Mario Dion, who's a, a Liberal MP, appoint, was a Liberal appointee to this position. He's quit. He's just thrown up his hands. He, he orders Justin Trudeau, you've got to get your people back for ethics training. I'm out of here. It's interesting, to the degree this is nonpartisan, uh, the, uh, there's a conservative MP from Leeds-Granville, uh, Mike Barrett, who said something in trust. Mm. When, as you mentioned, this was the ninth member of parliament in the Liberal caucus to be busted for breach of uh, Act of Parliament or the Companion Code of Ethics for MPs. And Barrett said, when you get that from the top, in other words, when there are no consequences, right from the top, that filters right down with amazing rapidity. Sure. Everyone gets the message. So the consequences are, in the manner of a four-year-old, that if you get busted, the consequences are to give a fake apology. And that's it. And you know it would lead to better ethics. Electing better people, that's a good start. But also, mm -hmm. to have real consequences, there, the Conservatives had a suggestion of um, five or six-figure fines in the last election. My suggestion has always been, you get busted by the Ethics Commissioner, you must immediately resign and run in a by-election. And you can explain to the electors of Canada, and certainly in your hometown, why you're not an unethical person. How's that for consequences? But we're going with, this, with these fake apologies, and <laughs> when you... Have nine members of a caucus who are formally cited. Yeah, that's something to be proud of. Yeah, and he was pretty pissed off. He's like, the act's been there for 17 years, for God's sakes. Maybe it's time to do something different that we don't keep repeating the same, you know, errors. Uh, and again, it's absolute nonsense, Tom, and you know this, that they don't know. I mean, they would have to be the village idiot if they didn't know the rules. It's just common sense. Having said that, when you wonder why... You know, like we've got this conversation, should John Tory resign or not? It's like he did resign. Uh, well, why would he have to? No one else is held to account for any of their other breaches, whether it's ethics or corruption or philandering. What, you know, he's a rarity, that John Tory. I think Canadians, uh, to your point, Alex, I think Canadians, this is an uncomfortable subject. I, I don't know why. When we think of petty corruption in government, you know, we think of Zimbabwe, we think of faraway countries. We think of the Philippines. We don't really think of Canada. But you know what? I work here. and I have for many years. Petty corruption is a hallmark of the federal government. It just is. There, if you had real consequences, you would have a greater accountability. And frankly, it would be illustrative if people saw how many MPs had to resign, as you mentioned, for uh, uh, in the manner of John Tory, for breaching a specific code of conduct that applies to everybody who works at City Hall. 
isn't that quaint? I agree with mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Well, and again, you wonder why the Jonathans of the world think it's okay to cheat the system. Lead by example. He's just, he's just, you know, doing what everyone else does in that town of yours. Um, it, it is. I want to make. It, yeah. It's a place where accountability goes to die. It's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about this Canada Infrastructure Bank um, because I don't think a lot of people know about this, but they have approved this easy term climate loans program um, that basically taxpayers are going to have to wait decades to get the money back. And this was disclosed by the CEO himself, I guess, on Tuesday. And even he says, Tom, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty and risk for taxpayers on these things because there are massive loans for big infrastructure projects. Like we're not getting return on value here. Only the government of Canada could run a bank that doesn't charge interest. It's right. You know, we used to say if anyone could lose money on as dealing drugs, it would be the government <laughs> of Canada that legalized marijuana. Here you have mm. the Crown Bank. It's notorious. Commons Transport Committee, all parties already on the record, shut it down, shut it down. Complete waste of money. How much money? $35 billion. This is their loan portfolio. If you're a hustler in a shiny suit and has an idea for an electric vehicle charger, they will give you a loan. Now, that loan will be, uh, by their estimate, minimum average 17 to 18 years. But you pay us back when you make money. And if you don't make money, well, the implication is you don't pay us back. Okay, now that's not banking. That's called Mm -hmm. corporate welfare. So can we just call it the Canada Corporate Welfare Bank, just for truth in advertising, it's there, Alex. The cost of the climate change programs. No one has even attempted to put it all together. It is billions and billions and billions. The military budget is nothing in comparison mm. to the cost of the climate change program. And and this doesn't even include that include the two billion dollar thing that Christian Freeland somehow built and can't explain to anybody. But we're just going to do it. Oh, that's the other fake green corporation. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> I, I wish I had a shiny suit and a briefcase and I could do that climate change thing. Because I'm telling you, those are the guys driving Cadillacs and smoking cigars. And I want a, a zero emission Cadillacs, mind you. Yeah, it's a grift I did not get into, sadly, but uh, there you go. Uh, on that note, Tom, thanks very much. Have a great weekend, eh? You too, Alex. Mr. Tom Gorski joining us here every Tuesday and Thursday.